We here at Yash Jesus believe that God doesn't make mistakes. Not with people and not with produce. Which is why we're so excited to be partnering with Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is an online grocer that recovers ugly produce and surplus foods that would otherwise go to waste. And delivers fresh, customizable boxes to your door for up to 30% less than the grocery stores. We're talking farmer's market quality girls. Without the hassle of going out of your house, honey. Without the hassle. And now, Imperfect has expanded to include pantry staples like lentils, rice, olive oil, and bread, you name it, to help round out your shopping. <laughs> girls, I just got my weekly shipment of imperfect produce, and let me tell you. Ooh, spill it, girl, spill it. I got this ugly little watermelon that puts the pretty little peach in Call Me By Your Name to shame. <laughs> That's the tea! Trust me, you're going to want to get in on this. To get your first shipment of perfectly imperfect farm fresh produce, go to imperfectfoods.com and use the promo code YASJESUS. That's Y-A-S-S-J-E-S-U-S. Hello, kings and queens and in-between sinner saints. I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Yash Jesus. That's right. It is me, Danny Franzese. And as always, I'm here with Azariah Southworth. And we are so glad you're here because it's another baked Bible story. And our episode theme is the gayest stories of the Bible. Hey, girl. Hey. Come on in. <laughs> welcome in. If you're a dirty bastard, you're welcome here. Yeah. And if you don't know what to believe, you are welcome here. And if you thought that the Bible was anti-gay, you're welcome here. Because here at Yachi, that's Yash Jesus, we believe. The Bible is pretty damn gay. It's filled with queer little stories, innuendo, and a few stories that would set off your gaydar. So come in, enjoy yourself, kick up your heels, girl, because we're about to get into it. Um, if you don't know, we do praise reports and prayer requests like they do at church. So if you have something that you want to thank God for, or if you have something you want to request, that our community pray for for you, this is the time to do it. Azariah, you have a prayer request for us uh, from Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin says, I just want to say thank you so much for your podcast, Yas Jesus. I must confess, I originally checked out your Instagram because I think you're hot AF. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, monkey with covering eyes emojis. But I was so thrilled uh, then to see your activism in the queer Christian community. I grew up in a Southern Baptist family and I struggled for so long trying to reconcile my faith and my sexual orientation. I went through an engagement to a woman. We ended up BFFs five years later and two unsuccessful suicide attempts before starting to realize it's possible to be gay and be a Christian. It is so meaningful and so powerful to see you as a beautiful and open gay man lead a podcast about LGBTQIA plus Christians. I literally cried the first time I heard you offer up a prayer at the end of your podcast. You mean so much to so many people. And I thank you for that. Oh, Azzy, doesn't that feel good? So uh, you know, me and Azariah, we, we, and, um, and everyone here at Yes Jesus, we all work very hard on this. And um, we're so glad that it is reaching a lot of you because this is the voice that we needed uh, when we were going through um, re uh, reconciling our faith and figuring out our faith and sexuality. So if this reaches you, Ben, that's great. And I hope that, Benjamin, you take this and spread the word. Um, that you already did the good, the good thing by leaving us a praise report or a prayer request. And you guys know that now we have audio praise report and prayer requests on our website at yasjesus.com. You can go to yasjesus.com and you can leave us a voice message and we'll play you on the air. So please uh, feel free um, to leave us a message with your praise report and your prayer request. And Benjamin, uh, stay tuned 
uh, to the end of the show. We're going to lift you up in prayer. So you guys, we're going to take a little break from our sponsor. And when we get back, we're going to be coming back in with our favorite part of the show, the scripture of the day. Stay tuned. And welcome back. As you know what time it is. It's the scripture of the day. Da, da, da. Scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. It's soul food. Welcome to the scripture of the day. Azzy, it comes from Psalm 37.4. What is it? It is, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, honey. Oh, honey, he's going to give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord. I'm delighted. I'm actually super <laughs> delighted in the Lord that we're able to do this and come here together and, uh, and be together today. Um, now, look, we've been doing several baked Bible stories. The point, you know, that is where I like to get stony and talk about my favorite things that are up in the book. And, and it's where um, I'm not allowed to get stoned. <laughs> you get stoned because two of us will be derailed. We need you to keep me. And, you know, uh, because I'm sitting with my fam, I got family in the room here smoking with me. Um, you might hear a couple oh, of I see, I see how giggles. You might hear a couple of giggles in right. the background. Um, because some people go, how do you smoke weed and talk about Christ? But why not? Why not? Let's just be who we are and be who we are in front of God. Okay, so... Now, if you haven't yet, you need to check out our other baked Bible stories. You'll discover queer stories and queer messages. We've talked about David and Jonathan, Ruth and Naomi, Sodom and Gomorrah, who are definitely not a couple, Esther, and so much more. Um, Azariah, I don't know. What, what else we got? Well, today's episode is sort of a rapid fire list of stories that are pretty darn queer, if you ask me. So first, we need to talk about Paul's obsession with penises <laughs> okay you know what we did a whole episode about penises in the bible we need it's, we need so much but, more <laughs> because literally that's a thing we can't even like get into t- today no I, my family's looking at me but there's so many penises in the bible <laughs> <laughs> there are there's like they're all over the place <laughs> you cannot swing a dead cat in the bible without hitting a penis <laughs> um as well, I don't want any dead cats hitting mine. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but there is well, an ongoing... it makes ongoing... sense because pussy is dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> but there is an ongoing saga about penises, and it's actually about circumcision. So not my favorite topic about penises, but it reappears several times in the New Testament. It's less of a singular story, but it is a real issue in the early Christian church. So the question was, does someone have to be circumcised in order to be a real Christian? This is the question that Paul raises. Hmm. So I'm covered. Now, for audience members who don't know what a circumcision is, you can visit the Yes Jesus Only Fans page, and we'll be giving you a demonstration. <laughs> we will be doing a live circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Paul asks this question: Do you have to be circumcised to be a Christian? You know, every good Christian boy I've ever met just had a dick. That's all I know. That's all they need. That's all they need in my book. All you need is a dick and you qualify. (laughs) In the early church, all of the followers of Jesus were Jewish. And so they were all circumcised, right? 
But as the Gentiles, which means that they were non-Jewish, started joining, joining Jesus's little gang of 12, there, there started becoming the debate and the questions raised of, can these Gentiles who are uncircumcised be one of us? Can they be Christians or do they need to get circumcised? And you know what that means? Like a snip, a snip and a chop, a chop. And you know what? As a baby, you forget it, whatever. It, it's in the past. You don't even know it happened. But as an adult, honey, I've met some men who've had circumcisions as adults. And from what I hear, it is not a pleasant experience. My dad, my dad did. It wasn't even up for debate uh, with me. Like I was definitely, you know, they were like, oh, um, you know. But I think that like I've seen a, there's a whole movement of gay men who wish that they weren't even or men in general who wish that they weren't ever circumcised. So yeah. like it wasn't their choice. Yeah. I mean, can you feel it already? Like, mm-hmm. even as we're talking about, like, I can, like, I'm just like crossing my legs here. But <laughs> this was the cause this, of a. This shows up in, a bi- in the Bible. Yeah. So there was, a, there was a major fight in the book of Acts. Um, so in the books of Acts, it's called, calls it a council. But it's how a they fight. worked it out. Right. So in Acts chapter 15, verse one through two, certain people came down from Judea to Antioch. And we're teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised, according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. So everyone listening, we know we have a South American audience here. So <laughs> listen, I, mean, I don't like, think this applies to you. No. <laughs> this brought, so the verse continues, this brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with other, some other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. Ultimately, the council decided that you did not have to be circumcised to be a Christian. So good news for people here. This is really the gospel. (laughs) But the issue kept coming back up over and over again. So if you read Paul's letters to the churches, he founded, he has to address it constantly. And he starts to get a little annoyed. And we see that. He's getting annoyed that he has to constantly bring it up. Do we have to keep talking about your foreskin? (laughs) So in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 19, he says, he writes, circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but obeying the commandments of God is everything. Colossians 2.11, in him also you were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. Ooh, Jesus was circumcised. We got biblical proof there. Galatians 5. So Jesus had a dick. For the record, (laughs) Galatians 5, verse 4 through 6 says, You who want to be justified by the law have cut yourselves off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Cut yourself off. (laughs) You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. If that's not explicit enough, Paul really goes there by verse 12. And I wish those who unsettle you would castrate themselves. So Paul goes further and says, those who unsettle you should castrate themselves. Okay, so we spent a lot of time, Paul, speaking about penises. I guess there's worse ways to live, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is a pretty gay story. Uh, but you know what else is gay? Noah and the Ark. 
Noah mm-hmm. grabbed two of each animal to take into the ark. He was doing just as the rain was starting to fall. So how careful <laughs> do you think he was? There's a few same-sex animal pairings in his mad grab for wildlife. Like, do you think he like went out and just accidentally grabbed like two boys? <laughs> or two also, in, an important note here is Noah was an older man when he was building the ark, so he probably had eyesight problems too. I would assume. Mm-hmm. So he, he might be checking, like, <laughs> you know, is that a male, female? Uh, and so is that the reason wrong, that but, dinosaurs went extinct? Because he took like two boys. <laughs> Like two, right, ter- right, right. two boy pterodactyls. Right. So the, tri- the uh, triceratops were actually both tricerabottoms. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, man. And the T-Rex. Maybe two. Ladies. They were two ladies right. and their little nails done in their little arms. <laughs> but as we talked about in a previous episode, when the Ark landed, what greeted Noah and those queer little Ark animals? A big queer rainbow. So just to sum it up, God followed a 40-day cruise by unfurling the biggest natural rainbow flag of creation. <laughs> Sounds pretty gay to me. Danny, you've been on some cruises. How many different wildlife have you seen? Oh, my God. I saw bears and otters and silver foxes and twatters and cubs and pups and even a few snakes. And how many rainbows did you see? Only one during Pride Night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you were on the ark with Father Noah. Oh, there definitely was a daddy there or two. (laughs) All right. So the next story that we have in this plethora of queer stories in the Bible is Jesus and the beloved disciple. So we may have to do a whole nother episode about this one, but the book of John refers to the beloved disciple or disciples that Jesus loved. So who is that? Didn't Jesus love all his disciples equally? Why did one get the extra special title? The so best the, story. So someone got like the beloved, this, like the, the favorite. Right. So they got that right in, in the Bible, right? Forever mm-hmm. in history. The beloved disciple. Why? So the best story about the beloved disciple comes from the Last Supper. When Jesus announces to the disciples that one of them will betray him. This story is actually very controversial, and it gets translated away. In the New Revised Standard Version, this is how the story goes. John chapter 13, verse 21 through 25. Jesus was troubled in spirit and declared, Very truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain. They're like, who are you talking to? They're like, Jesus, you got me fucked up. You think I'm going to mess with you? Like, you're my Jesus. Me? You're the Jesus. Who you think it is? Me? It ain't me. Peter? It ain't Peter. So uncertain of whom he was speaking, one of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Okay. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So, while reclining next to Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? So, that's our revised standard okay, version. so reclining next to Jesus is what we're focusing on here. Right. So, I that's mean, the translation of the R. It's not necessarily gay, but it's homoerotic a little. Oh, well, honey, hang tight. Take a puff of your little joint there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know it's about ready. To, you don't have to tell me thrice. You want some homoeroticism? 
Get ready. Are you ready? <laughs> I got some homoeroticism for you. I'm listening. I'm all so, hers. This, this reclining next to Jesus is what gets translated in different ways, right? Okay. So the new revised standard version is a pretty new translation. So listen to how this gets translated in other older translations of the Bible. Okay. 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 I'm snuggling in. I'm all right. Clear. All right. <laughs> revised standard version says this one of his disciples whom jesus loved was lying close to the breast of jesus so simon peter beckoned to him and said tell us who it is of whom he speaks so lying thus close to the breast of jesus he said to him lord who is it okay so that's so, so we're looking at close to the breast of Jesus being replaced by reclining next to Jesus. Right. We got Jesus's titties involved now. Okay. So first first of all, honestly, I've got to be honest in Uh a very non-sexual way. I would love to lay my head on Jesus's chest. Like, Oh yes. A hundred percent. The more it's probably the most comforting warmth. I can't imagine like, you know, St. Francis of Sissy said like the ultimate father, mother, mother, I give everything Mm. together. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, like taking gender out of mother. And I just feel like it'd be the ultimate, right? Well, to me, I could see that here. But it is also awkward because when you use the word breast, that word is so sexualized that using it towards a man also makes you feel a certain type of way. Oh, honey, does it? I follow a whole Twitter account. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Jesus titties at Twitter follow as well. <laughs> all right. So that's the RSV translation, right? Okay. We okay. got and we we went from reclining next to Jesus to laying our head on his breast. Now the word English Bible says one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was at the table leaning against Jesus's breast. Okay. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him and said to him, tell us who it is of whom he speaks. He leaning back as he was on Jesus's breast asked him, Lord, who is it? So it's, you know, how I picture this is like me and when some of my friends hang out, right. And, and, and the friends that I'm close and intimate with, we don't mind like laying our head on each other's laps and it's not a sexualized thing it's just an an intimate thing right or laying our head on each other's shoulders or scratching each other's heads that's how i kind of read into this right they portray jesus in the in the musical godspell everyone's always like laying on him and it feels very Mm -hmm. like yeah hippie and like tell us more jesus tell us more who's you're with family yeah like like that whole kind of like yeah i mean i feel it it almost Mm -hmm. what what like cult leaders manufacture do you know what i mean like mm. like it was the ultimate following do you know what i mean mm-hmm. that like sort of like people that whole dedication i could see it i could see it i mean it's i can see them like passing the joints as they're like leaning on jesus just like hey jesus i'm actually curious who's gonna <laughs> like you're saying things like jesus like i wonder where does is breast ever referred to in the bible to represent another man's chest or is yeah it, it's it, it depends on the translation right okay fair yeah um but in this in the disciples literal new testament translation it says this one of his one of his disciples was reclining back at the bosom of Jesus. All right, now that just sounds like 
like we're at <laughs> like it's a mechanical bull. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the translation that says, and someone slipped out their tongue <laughs> or, or Jesus's nipples slipped out no, wait. too much, it's, too much, yeah, too much. This was like, he was rec- like reclining back at the bosom of Jesus. I still see it. Somebody like laying back with their like legs crossed, laying on the ground with their head on his chest. Okay. That's how I see it. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's, let's get one more translation but, in here. And this, and this said, is for, but then it goes on to say the one whom Jesus was loving. What is that? Well, yeah. So, well, honey, that's what we're trying to figure out, right? We're Bible wondering right now, okay? Right. So, so Jesus is like playing with his hair, and they're all just like sitting oh, there. Oh, I love that. I love that image of Jesus. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, is just like he's yeah. sort of playing with his hair. Just like loving on him, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he knows Jesus knows what's about ready to happen. He knows someone's going to betray him. He's like, let's have this intimate moment. Yeah, lay your head on my chest, lay your head on my breast, lay your head on my bosom. Whatever translation you're reading, just lay your head here. Get close, come in close, family. And you I know? think the ultimate like WWJD thing of like where if Jesus was like totally about to be betrayed, that he would be at his most peaceful and innocent. Like as a mm. reactionary yeah. thing to that, like just sitting there and just like in bliss, like loving on one of it, the people, not the one who's going to go after him, you know, unless he was going to pull a mafia move and grab his hair and be like, you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not Jesus's style. He's <laughs> Jesus is chill. All right. Let's take a look at the last translation here of this verse. It's the King James version. So for all of you, traditional conservative Christians out there, this one's for you. All right. Now, there was leaning on Jesus's bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then, lying on Jesus's breast, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? So that's the King James Version. So we got a bunch of different. Here's another thing. Okay. The who is it? Like this is someone who Jesus, who Jesus Almighty is loving on currently, mm-hmm. and you're laying yeah. at the breast of Jesus. Well, see, I I think it might have been Mary Magdalene laying on his breast, unless I'm reading this incorrectly. Hey, well, she she is... was she was Jesus's beloved and his closest disciple, and Peter did refer to her authority, right? So. So uh, perhaps it was Mary laying on Jesus's breast and everyone is closely, you know, hanging out in the room and, and, and Jesus brings so much Mary Magdalene erasure. Like the, you know, the, even uh, we did a whole episode about her and, and talking about like how this is something that, that she was in fact, potentially a disciple and also, maybe even his lover, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. or his love anyway, whether they, it yeah. was consummated or not, it could have just been a love. Like, yeah. um, and, and maybe this is why that person goes unnamed. Yep, that's very true. I think what makes this story queer is just um, it, the closeness and the intimacy of this group that followed Jesus is not does not abide by the social norms and i think that's what makes this kind of a a queer bible story you know well one thing i also like not to not to purposely just turn any old bible story queer what i find Mm -hmm. queer about this whole thing too is the fact that them 
like the translations washing out Mary Magdalene Mm -hmm. shows how they washed out queer stories as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like them taking out, them taking out sexuality and and, and pouring it, pouring in the puritanical Mm -hmm. like holiness, you know, then potentially again, Bible wondering, stony wondering again, like Mm -hmm. don't even know if this is how I feel about it, but turning Mary Magdalene into a prostitute whore and then Mm -hmm. keeping, uh, mother Mary virginal so they can have a yin and a yang and then erasing all the tender moments about Mary just to defame her potentially. Right. How many Bible translators, those who have been, that have had the authority of translating the Bible have omitted the queerness of the Bible, but also permitted the erasure of people like the female leaders like Mary Magdalene and uh and queer leaders how many rich white men have profited in the church by holding back Honey. other types of leaders like do you want to name current ones or do you want to name past ones <laughs> <laughs> but if if mary magdalene was uh okay by jesus enough to be a disciple then a woman could be um a spiritual leader and i think that's a problem here too and that's another reason for her erasure yeah I feel honestly like I want this to be gay because I want everything to be gay, but this feels, <laughs> this feels to me like it's her. I think so. You know, uh, there's been a lot that's read into the disciple that Jesus loved and the reclining on his breast. Like, were they spooning? Was he, was he petting their hair? It could have been a man. It could have been a woman, but that's, again, I think some of those things, Nothing, even the, even some of these mistranslations, even some of these things end up truly being on purpose. It's like when they try to like, you know, uh, test the Shroud of Turin or they try to like, you know, uh, put together the Sea Scroll. Like God just always does something that makes it impossible for everything to be tested. Like maybe some of these things are changed on purpose. So a queer person can have a queer perspective. What's wrong with Bible wondering that it was a man on his lap? And in the same breath, adding on to what you're saying right now, like we think that we are so vastly different from the people during Jesus's times, but we are not. Yeah. We are still people that gather together, that have intimate relationships that, you know, so. <laughs> One time I, I, I had an elderly uncle, I had an elder, like uh, he passed away um, when I was uh, younger, but like I had an elderly uncle and when I, when I had my first boyfriend, we sat with him because he was gay and, mm-hmm. um, and my family was like, he wants to talk to you guys. And I felt mm-hmm. very honored to like, at least have a conversation with one elder in my, in my lineage. And he wasn't in like, he wasn't blood relation to my family. He was the husband of my, of my blood relative. Right. Mm-hmm. But still, right. A family member since I'm a child went right. to church with them every week. Um, they were uh, side B. They lived in separate rooms, right? As far as oh, wow. I knew, or whatever. Right. But he said to me at one point, "You know, you know, you young gays, you think you invented everything." <laughs> He's like, "We've been saying the same <laughs> stuff, doing the same sex and the same drugs and everything since the dawn of time." And it's like, "Oh yeah, you know, um, all of the, uh, we didn't invent nothing. We're not different than these people, you know." Right. Um, we might have more knowledge and more technology and be more civilized and more advanced, but all of our at, at our core human emotions are all the same. Right. And this is reflected even in medieval art, right? The same things that are going on today, 
went on then. And it's reflected in our medieval art too. But I wonder if the medieval art or even the art that has been produced, like how we put out on things that we put out today through art or social media, often gets edited or whitewashed. The medieval art that depicts this scene, like the way they do it, it's so homoerotic. The disciple Jesus loved Mm -hmm. isn't just laying there. But I'm looking at some pretty old religious art depicting this scene, and Jesus is holding a scroll that looks pretty phallic. <laughs> and his disciples' heads are like down by the scroll. It honestly, it, it looks like a blowjob that you could give thanks for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank but, you. But it's a little weird. It's a little weird, you know. But then again, I think like all of these artists must have been reconciling with their sexuality and their religion as well, and took and it. How out. much did they have to tone down or edit? You know, how much is a scroll that accidentally looks like a penis, a secret yes, Jesus from back then? Right. Or how what we've learned is that often feet is a euphemism for penis in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So when they show all these feet in your paintings, are they really secretly showing yeah. those penis? Right. I mean, we're going to, we'll have to share this photo that we have that we're looking at right now yeah, on our social on media. Social so you guys media can see. Tell me what you think is going on here. If you did not know the people that were being involved here, if, if this was like a poster for, you know, season six of Shameless, tell me what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll definitely uh, share this uh, for you too. All right. We got one last queer Bible story here for you. Let's talk about Jesus and Judas. Okay. So we're not done with Jesus yet. And after he announced his betrayal, the OG frenemy, mm -hmm, Judas actually is the one who betrayed Jesus, as we know. But Judas didn't just tell the authorities where they could catch Jesus. Judas planned out a sexy signal for the authorities. In the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 47 through 49, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, The one I will kiss is the man, arrest him. At once, he came up to Jesus and said, greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Okay, I have a few questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, the first one, why not just tell them where Jesus is? Because he wanted to kiss him one last time. How much tongue? What kind of kiss is (laughs) this? Is this like, this, you know, a a little nibble on the ear? Mafia kiss of death. Maybe this is where the mafia kiss of death comes from. Oh, that makes sense. You know, when they walk up to somebody, hey, let me tell you something. He's going to go, Lou Cabrazzo sleeps with the Fitchies, you know, like that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's when they walk right up to you and give you a big mouth kiss. I always thought that was so homoerotic. Yeah. Uh, But but I guess it makes sense in 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 the biblical sense. Yeah, you so think Judas enjoyed it. Mm, did, did Judas enjoy, enjoy it? it? Well, yeah. he, hung, <laughs> he, he hung himself afterwards. Uh, so maybe he felt, maybe, I don't know, maybe there was some, he could have been kinky AF. I don't know. Who knows? It, or could it just been, Jesus, darling. Oh my God, you're to die for. Honey, I loved hanging out with you in West Hollywood last week. (laughs) Play him king, you're to die for. Judas is a WeHo queen, though. (laughs) Kisses you, then betrays you. Okay, all right. I'm I'm teasing about that. (laughs) 
I, I don't know. I, I you did you the, just enjoy it? Did you ever see the Judas meme where uh, Judas is the one I kiss is Jesus Christ, and the soldier's like, you can't just you can just point to him, and he's putting a lip on. Him. He's like, I don't tell you how to do your job. <laughs> <laughs> Back off, Roman soldier. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, that's great. So those are the, well, those some are of the some... queer Bible stories that we yeah. found for you this week. With a little so, like, yeah. asterisk to Mary Magdalene. Big ups, Mary. Yeah. Appearing yeah. And once again, appearing in the hidden text. Um, so there... Love you, girl. We, we, we stand, Mary. Yes. So there <laughs> is a ton of queer content in the scripture, and we thank our freaking Deacon Ross Murray for providing that uh, to us. <laughs> You just have to know how to look for it. You have to have Gator in the Bible. Uh, you guys, are your tithe, our love offering, our charity, our act of good this week. We want you to send a homoerotic Bible story to a family member or friend. <laughs> Maybe they need it for cheering up. Maybe they need their worldview changed. But who doesn't need to have a homoerotic Bible story? Like, That's right. Send them that meme. <laughs> we're going to close right now with a prayer. Uh, dear Lord, we just want to thank you uh, for allowing us to Bible wonder with you again. Um, another week. Um, this has been an amazing experience for us. And uh, we get letters from people like Benjamin, who we'd like to lift mm-hmm. up and just be so grateful to have our audience grow um, every week as uh, people are finding ways to reconcile with religion and <laughs> spirituality. Um, it's crazy what's going on in our world. And we're just here to wander along with you. And we're grateful. Yeah. And God, we pray that you continue to cover the people of this world with your protection as COVID-19 continues to take so many. In and Lord, Jesus I, just reach name. Out, I just want to reach out to anyone who may be listening, who has uh, been struggling uh, between gay and God. And we just want to let them know um, that you're there for them. And if you feel mm-hmm. like you're one of those people and you're listening, uh, know that you can reach out to God and God will reach out the rest of the way. Uh, in your holy yes. name, amen. Uh, thank you so amen. much for joining us. Thank you for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at yashjesuspod.com. You can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, yesjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So drop us a line or send us a recording on yesjesuspod.com. Send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, episode ideas, guest ideas, or even just a hello, Mary. We'd love to hear from (laughs) you. Gosh, Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Franzese, and... Azariah Southward. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauly. Yes, Jesus is brought to you by Audibly. Audibly execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bastilios, and Steve Michaels. Keep praising the Lord, y'all! <laughs> <laughs>